Podcasts are an independent way for podcasters like me to bring a local voice to your ears. At the Spent the Rent Podcast, we strive to raise awareness of topics that affect the often underrepresented. Our title sponsor, Oregon Cashflow Pro, offers free money management advice that can help you take control of your finances. At OregonCashflowPro.com, you will find videos to guide you towards your goal of financial freedom. For more info, there will be a link in the show notes. The following podcast is available on all major streaming sites, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. You can now listen to all previous episodes, donate to the podcast, and buy shirts directly from the Spent the Rent podcast at our newly designed official website, strpod.com. Springfield, Oregon is often overshadowed by Eugene in local coverage, but the town of 63,000 has noticeably evolved both economically and culturally. The local government has worked hard at revitalizing the downtown area with independent businesses popping up all the time. One of the most effective ways to bolster a thriving community is through investment in its youth. With top-notch facilities to keep kids off the streets and by keeping them involved in extracurricular activities, the City of Springfield, in collaboration with Willamette Lane Parks and Recreation District, has been able to increase graduation rates by over 10% over the past three years. Today we will be joined by a man who can tell us a little more about how they've done it. Coming up next on the Spent the Rent podcast, Willamette Lane Sports and Recreation Coordinator and Chair for the Springfield School Board, Zach Bassett. Spent the Rent Podcast. I am your host, Self-Esteem Bo Willie. My guest today is a dear friend of mine, Zach Bassett. Zach, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. So we grew up together. Uh, when <laughs> we met in, I think, sixth grade Yeah. when I moved here from Salem. Uh, and we went. We met at Hamlin Middle School. And we're going to get into a little bit uh, in the later in the episode about the extent of the camaraderie and like the friendships of our friends from middle school. It's like those core friends. It's not even core friends. It's like the entire class. Yeah. Like even if they aren't your friends, there's still like this connection, you know, it's like part of family. And it, I didn't feel the same connection when we got to high school, even with some of the same kids. It's funny. It's like, I liked you at 12 and I like you now, but I hated you at 15, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know? Absolutely. So it's just, we'll get into that later. Uh, thank you for coming. You know, I ha- I wanted to have you on because I think what you're doing is really cool. You've got a deep passion for the youth and the community, and I'm trying to reach out and have different types of guests. So let's tell a little bit about it. What it is that you do? You ha- you're on the school board for Springfield. You ran unopposed. Yeah. So you were gonna win that. Yeah, that was an easy win. <laughs> I wasn't in the area, so I couldn't vote for you. I lived in Eugene at the time. Yeah. But it was crazy to to see you putting up yard signs. Yeah, that was a weird thing. Uh, I think I ran for like student council one time. I don't even think I made signs for that. Um, But, you know, as far as politics go, that was my first, kind of my first rodeo and it was cool. It was cool to see all the support and uh, you walk around and talk to people and tell them what you're doing and, you know, I mean, if you knew me in high school, you'd never think I'd be on the school board. Right. <laughs> How did that come about? Like, that? did you just see that it, I mean, obviously you work for Willamette Lane. Yeah. And and so sports and recreation manager is your title, right? Uh, or yeah, coordinator. coordinator. Yeah. And uh, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Yeah. You've got a lot of bosses. Yeah. No, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, 
So how did that come about? Was there just talk that there was just people not stepping up to do the chair for the school board? Not really. I mean, uh, I went to school for education. I went to school to be a math teacher. And then, uh, you know, you get in the classroom. And I mean, at that time, the economy was horrible. So I, I went to the school ed and I was like, what do I need to teach to get a job? Like, I don't want to go get a degree and not have a job coming out of it. Right. So, uh, I mean, I, I went and did my student teaching and all that. And it just wasn't my gig. I'd, all, I'd been in recreation basically my whole life and so you go into a classroom and have to teach kids how to do math and they don't want to do it and man I don't want to have that experience with kids every day in my life so that wasn't just wasn't my gig right um, but I knew I wanted to be involved I even told one of my professors Brian Kalin in school like I could see myself like being on a school board or uh, being a counselor or, or something like that sure. within the school. Um, I knew I wanted to make an impact on kids and on our community and especially in Springfield. Um, so I started going to like budget committee meetings and I don't remember how it started. I applied to the budget committee and I, I got, and you got in and I got in. So when did, did you start working for Willamette Lane before you went to school? Because, I mean, yeah, you worked, so, like, as a lifeguard or yeah, something. 2001, yeah, 2001, I started right. at Lane, and then uh, I took some time off. I moved to Kids Club here at Riverbend right across the street from you. Right. Uh, unless this is a secret location. It is Sorry. a secret location across from Riverbend Elementary. Good, good. Yeah, so uh, I worked at Riverbend Elementary for, uh, like, four school years doing after-school care and going to school part-time, and then uh, met my wife and need to pay for a wedding and that kind of stuff. Right. So I went and built cabinets for a while and oh, cool. did, I did was some in, different stuff. Yeah. did some different stuff. So a debt collector, but I was always kind of like worked part-time at Lamely and like subbed here and there for different programs. Right. And, and so you had bumped elbows with a lot of, you saw the extent of what Willamaline does. Like exactly. They are a huge part of what has made Springfield's progress it's possible. A, it's enormous. Right. And I, even before this bond measure that we got where we, you know, just exploded exponentially and now own every open piece of land in the whole city. Right. I, even before that, our, our depth was just huge. I mean, the amount of kids we you come in contact with that you saw when they were in preschool and watch them come up to the system. Right. And now we, I even have, you know, um, two or three kids that um, came up to the system that work for us. Right. Which is awesome to see. It's so cool to see I, it go full circle. I mean, I kind of mentioned early, earlier in the, um, you know, in the intro that Springfield has really changed because when we were in school, you know, especially high school, obviously we, we graduate, I graduated from South, you graduated from Springfield, but I transferred because of how bad it was, is a yeah. big part of why I had to transfer out. And I had made some friends that I needed to get away from, you know? And, uh, so Sp Springfield at that time was known anywhere you went in, you know, like a 60 mile radius, people would be like, Oh, there's a lot of meth there, yeah. you know? Yeah. And it was just kind of a, that was <clears> what <throat> it was known for is it was run down and the downtown area in Springfield was, overran by strip clubs and meth and, and heroin. I mean, it was yeah. so present. My first apartment when I was in, in beauty school to become a barber was on ninth and a off of main street because I didn't have a car until like last month. But like, uh, <laughs> but, but, uh, uh, so I lived, you know, right in the heart of it. And it was just crazy to see, you know, the 420 club, which was a bar downtown that if yeah. you walked in the jukebox stopped. And if you asked her yeah. like, where, where do I get, like, we went in there one time jokingly, and I said, I mean, Josh, Josh Ewing, he might not like that. I dropped his name, but Josh Ewing. Yeah. But we, we went in there and jokingly we're like, Hey man, let's see if we can get some meth. Like we weren't going to yeah, do it. Yeah. You know? And so we were like, we went up to a guy and we said, Hey, where can we get some meth? And he goes, you're going to have to talk to spider. 
And I was like, oh my God, dude. Like, oh my. Yeah. That, that is a thing, you know? That's so, so funny. And yeah. So, I mean, obviously we just walked out. I got, but... I got Club 420 stories for days, man. Oh, we, I'm sure. The second time I was in college, we went there all the time. Like it was our regular. Kind of ironic. It was like our regular Friday pre-funk spot because you'd go in and you could buy, you know, a beer for a dollar or something. Right. And it came in and you, we never drank out of the glasses because, you know, other people put their mouths on those and that's gross. In a place like that. Sure. Um, always, always would be like, you know, whatever was on sale. I guess Pabst was probably the thing. Yeah, it was probably Pabst. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was bad. What it was CD for sure. So, you know, and that 420 Club for people that aren't, aren't familiar or whatever, because it's gone, fortunately, yeah. was 420 Main Street. You yeah. know, was the address. And well, and now look, it's dark and stormy. It's like a, it's like a... I don't know we call it like the beer garden type place. Sure. And it, food carts. It's still, and... I mean, it's still, you know, designed to bring adults, you know, yeah. but they've done something where I, I'm, you know, we talked off air. I know taxes and all that stuff isn't your area and down the road, you're going to run for mayor. So when you do that, you'll have to learn about it. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know if the, if Springfield, I want to look into this, if Springfield is giving like a tax break to independent businesses. Cause I, cause whatever they're doing, they're bringing in obvious independent businesses. You know, there's the craftsman's right. barbershop. There's little, you know, cafe deli type places. And there's a mix too, because you see some of the Hispanic food places, which is really good. Not just Mexican restaurants. Like there's, like butcher shops. Yeah, you know? there's like and well, like a Somalian restaurant now right. too. Like. And so that's really good that, that Springfield is is embracing culture and doing something to give you a sense of pride because Oregonians love Oregon is not a very diverse place, but I think that in their heart of hearts, Oregonians love people from different walks of life. Yeah, as long I mean, as they're not still from, have, we still have Chinese food. As long, you know? Right. <laughs> as long as they're not from California, we're good. Yeah. You know. Exactly. No, but exactly. Uh, so Springfield's done a really good job of revitalizing the area. And, uh, you know, when we, like I was saying, when we were in high school, there was just this kind of downtrodden demeanor where you would see a teenager and you'd see him with their shoulders shrugged, kind of walking. And I know it's not going to change overnight, but I, I really believe when you drive around and you see kids walking around, there's a change in their perception. And what do you think the biggest, the biggest change in, you know, for the experience for the Springfield youth, what do you think the biggest change would be? You know, I'd love to point it all on, on one great big thing, but I think I think we've all, when I say we all, I mean all the government agencies, um, all the citizens, everyone has taken a lot more pride in our city lately, you know, whether it be passing bonds for Parks and Rec, passing bonds for the school district. I think we all just, I think everyone in the community is really invested. Right. And, and it's not about the money or the facilities, um, but passing those bonds and doing those great things for the community are worth so much more than the facilities we bring. It just, it brings our community together to know that we're all supporting the same thing. You know, I mean, I think Willamaline has a lot to do with, with starting that trend going in that direction, because I think the investment and, and I don't know if it was paid through by bonds, but like the sports center on 35th or whatever it is, yeah, that going in and obviously the local government cleaning up downtown because downtown yeah. Springfield was an absolute mess. And then kind of, I don't, you know, changing some laws that Eugene has a problem with, like panhandling yeah. laws. And now it's not illegal to give someone money. It's illegal to panhandle, correct? I think so, yeah. I, think I, I mean, you just I think can't that, stand on the public street and do it or something. Because I, I think know. giving someone something should never, that's ridiculous for them to make that illegal. Because right. if you want to help someone, that's on you. Yeah. You know, and people in Springfield are generous, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, people of faith that do things for, you know, 
I mean, in, in a lot of people's eyes, they, they're like, we don't need government. Let's just leave it to the churches. The problem is, is there's people that fall through the cracks. Absolutely. And Eugene is a bigger, it's twice the size of Springfield. And I think that there's about a quarter of the town is a crack, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. you know, so, yeah. I mean, it, it's fallen through and we could get here. That's a whole different animal. I don't like to compare Eugene and Springfield too much because of the sheer size difference. Oh yeah. But it's funny growing up the the whole talk about, you know, if you went to Eugene, like, oh, you live in Springfield, and it's crazy over there. And it's like, I don't know, man, like, it, there is definitely still an under undertone, you know, like I, unfortunately, one of my good friends, her husband was robbed the other day at gunpoint, messed up. walking down at knife point, I think. And, you know, he was a concealed carry holder. So that didn't, you know, he pulled the gun and he said, nope, you're not doing that today. And the guy ran off, fortunately. Yeah. You know, but so that stuff still happens. That was over by the old... I think it was a, a Safeway over in Thurston. Yeah, yeah. And it's like an empty area. So Jeez. so that stuff still happens, you know. Yeah. But, uh, you know, the facilities that Willamette Lane put in, I think, had a big... It started going in that direction. There's a lot of changes at once, obviously. Absolutely. And I think so, you know, to kind of go back and make sure we give credit where credit's due... Um, the building I work in is at Bob Kiefer Center, and that's on 32nd Main in Springfield. Right. And that was solely built by, you know, a group of responsible adults. I, it's a long list. I don't I don't remember sure. all the names. But, you know, all, all the guys that have been around, um, and they they saw that, that we needed that. We needed a place for kids to play sports that was safe and um, centrally located, and, and they made a big push for that. Right. And so... So it was privately funded. It was privately funded. And and then they kind of had this just enormous vision. And I think for anybody, that's that's a big undertaking. And at some point, they offered... Lamline came up and bought it for like... I don't remember how much. I don't know any of that stuff. But, so they built it before... So it was built by a private entity. And then Lamline came in and we actually built a, a office side by side with it before we owned it right and then at some point we bought the bought the other half as they were going out of business and what was it initially doing i mean like was it just it was you know like a per day fee yeah sports facility yeah they had like a you know virtual golf and they built it to be like a multi-purpose weekend sports venue right. so you know they had um scoreboards like 360 around every court it's obvious that it was a you know Every weekend would be a volleyball, sure. You know, six volleyball courts and uh, three so they could host tournaments. Courts. So yeah. the schools would then rent it from them or whatnot. Or, yeah, or, and I'm sure that it was at a or, good, good rate. You know, yeah. yeah. So Willamette well, Lane basically took initiative when they saw that you know it's hard to keep those things afloat because you know what's the po price point? Like when you're charging the school board, which is essentially the American tax, but the, the Springfield taxpayers, right? How much can you charge for Like you can't make a high school girls basketball game, $22 to go to, you know, right, you know what I mean? Right. And, and then you have your crew that needs to run it. So they, we're not going to say it was mismanaged. Obviously I knew no. nothing about it, no, but, no. but it, it just, it proved to be difficult. And Willamette Lane probably had a easier capacity you yeah. know, because they've got the structure in place to run. And, and I mean, you know, not going too deep to what Lamley's mission is, but like we obviously are our local park and rec district and um, part of our mission is to provide service. So yeah, it costs money to rent it out, but um, those fees go to keep the building there. It's not right. We're not trying to, um, nobody's, nobody's getting rich. You know? Right. Well, no, exactly. I mean, you have to keep it where it's, it's reasonable. 
And so William Lane's private entity, though it's not. Uh, it's a, a special district, okay. so they're funded uh, direct tax source from uh, property taxes in Springfield. Okay, um, just like the city, so they're se separate pots of money. Right. So the parks and rec and open spaces are always protected in Springfield. And in 1944, somebody had the great vision to to make that special district. I think it, we evolved out of. Uh, Making a, making positive activities for people coming back from war, right? Um, something along those lines. But anyhow, um, yeah, it's great because we go to these park and rec conferences, and and some of the challenges that other park and recreation districts have is you know funding constantly. You know, you're when it comes between a new ambulance and a new playground, can I mean, kind of have to have ambulances. Sure. So right. So we definitely having that separate funding is been huge for Springfield. I mean, what community of our size has two swimming pools? Right. And that was initially when I first heard, whenever I heard the name Willamette Lane, the first thing I thought of was the pools. Oh, yeah. You know, and we lived kind of, we went to Springfield High and, and Hamlin, so more kind of in that side of town. So obviously it was the one on, uh, is it Mohawk or whatever? Yeah. Um, and then, and then uh, there's Centennial and Mohawk. G, G Street and Mohawk, right. yeah. So the one out in Thurston, the wave pool, that was like a special treat, yeah. even though it was like a mile away yeah. when, I, when yeah. I was a kid, you know? Yeah. And, and you have to like convince your parents to take you out there. Right. You know, and, and then you I'm, sucker them into taking you to Dairy Queen on the way home. Of course. Yeah. And then, uh, uh, you know, of course the, uh, bus system in Eugene and Springfield is great Yeah. and it's improved even more. And I see the system, like the MX in Springfield, it's it's polished like Eugene. It seemed like it was a, it's a much bigger town, but there yeah. was a lot more issues And Springfield. I think embraced it. I think the community knew that yeah. it's, it's allowing its community members to be transported quickly across different, you know, pockets. Cause I mean, it's not Springfield isn't huge by any means, no. but it is, you know, up, upwards of 70,000 people, 65,000 people, whatever it is. And there, it, you know, if you live in the area, even though it's just Main Street Gateway, basically, there's like quadrants where you can, it's a pretty good group of, you know, space. Yeah. So to get people to bounce around, it allows it to, to branch out and business can be on different sides of town. Yeah. And it's so long. I mean, Springfield's just so long. You right. Know, it's obviously built around a highway. And uh, so, yeah, getting from one side of town to the other has always been a barrier. It's a, you know, and it's a lot easier today than it has been. And I think yeah. it will continue. I think the MX is supposed to be going all the way out to Thurston. Yeah. Which is good. And they've done a lot with Thurston as far as, uh, you know, there was a lot of people getting hit by cars out there. Yeah. And they put those walking, walking where you hit the thing and it splinks instantly and you can cross. And I still hit people when I go, but... <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I'm just sure. Uh, no, I shouldn't joke about that, especially with you. <laughs> yeah, because you had a pretty bad end. Yeah. I don't want to get into that yeah, really, yeah. but but if I mean, yeah. you had someone jump in front of your car. I did. You, yeah, you, and was that in Thurston? It was on Main Street, right here by uh, Gray's Garden Center. Yeah, I don't. And then I mean, this is putting you on the spot because I'm sure right. it was quite a few years ago. So I'm sure that. Yeah. But it was fatal. I yeah. Mean, they, and it was, uh, they, what did, what happened? I essentially, you'd been stepping in front of cars all day, and I didn't know that right away, obviously, but a lady came up and said, yeah, he's been trying to step in front of cars for the last couple hours, started down by Dairy Queen, and, you know, he'd walked four or five blocks and had been doing it all evening, and uh, I was unlucky enough, and it was foggy and rainy, and... Uh. Yeah. Yeah. And it was crazy. a huge issue out there. And it was a known thing that it was like, yeah, you know, it's like the Golden Gate Bridge. You need to put and that wasn't the only one. I mean, there's been multiple of those accidents on that road. So, right. The, the those crosswalks and and just raising the awareness to be careful to right. everyone. Is... Yeah. They've put enough. I mean, I think that there's a good amount in, you know, yeah. now that they've put one every however many. Because, I mean, it used to be you'd have to look and you're like, oh, I need to go to a crosswalk. And it's literally like two miles. Yeah. I'm not walking, you know, because I mean, crosswalk. Springfield becomes 
you know, when you get past, you know, 35th or whatever the, at the Kiefer Center or whatever, yeah. you get past that and then you keep going and it just turns into a freeway, essentially. I mean, yeah, yeah. So, you know, back to what we were talking about. We're kind of bouncing around. This <laughs> is kind good. of this is what happens in a podcast. Yeah. So uh, one of the big things you do at Willamette Lane is the middle school dances. Yeah. And so I wanted to talk about tell me about what that entails. Yeah. So uh, obviously grew up going to middle school dances. That was. That uh, was my jam. That we'll was get a, into that in a second. Okay, but, good. Yeah. But, so right, right now, essentially, I, you know, I'm pretty low in the low in the pecking order at Lamb Lane, but I, I get to do the, you know, I get to do the staffing and make sure we have snacks and all that kind of stuff. Right. And, uh, you know, I, I, I take some pride in knowing that I've worked in middle school dances for, gosh, I don't know how many years, probably combined 10 years. Right. And uh, there's some time in between there. But, yeah, I, I absolutely... I absolutely love the environment. I love that kids just get to come and hang out and, and be themselves. And yeah, there's, you know, trouble from time to time, but they're kids and that's sure. what kids do. They get We trouble. had some crazy trouble <laughs> we, at those middle school did. dances. You know, like I, I said before that, that our, our Hamlin middle school group, it pretty much the entire, it would be the graduating high school class of 2000. Yeah. And then, you know, people on, on in 99, 2001 that were kind of still in our circle, but there's a core group of people that I could, you know, Josh Metcalf and yeah. I one time on Facebook, and I'm sure you got in on this thread that we said that you, we started tagging people from the group yeah. from our class. And then it's like tag someone else, you know, tag someone and then tag, or like if you're tagged, tag someone else and to see yeah. how long it went. I mean, I'm, it was, once you start doing that, it's, it's dangerous, but it went for days. It was really funny. I think it was like 400, 500 comments. And it was, I don't know how many students the school was a couple hundred in yeah. our class. But our middle school dances, I wanted to tell a story, uh, but our middle school dances were insane. My dad always, we met right then. We played sports yeah. together, baseball, football, all that. And you were terrible at basketball, so not that. Yeah. I think we were, I think you were on the C team for basketball. I, th I think I like went to some practices and I was like, <laughs> just my dad played basketball and it was just not my... <laughs> just not my thing. No, no, but you, you know, you got it done on football and on the line. I was always a scrawny kid. You looked exactly the same as you uh, do today. Yeah. But uh, so anyway, so in our middle school, my dad always joked that, and I, you probably remember this, that he had to keep his head out of the window because we would have so much cologne on. And my dad drove a Ford Escort with a hatchback, you know. So what kind of cologne was it? Was it, it was Aspen or Preferred I think mine stock. was Old Spice. Old you Spice, know, yeah. You know, whatever came in my stocking or whatever. So, so, uh. So we go to the dance and my dad drops me off and he's like, okay, well call me later. And, and then I, there was a kid that he, I'm not going to say his name, but my parents forced me to hang out with him and I always hated it. And he was, he was like a, not trying to be insensitive or anything, but just, the, it's just what it is that he had severe ADD. Yeah. And so I would hang out with him and he'd just start, go, just go crazy and punch me or whatever. And, and so I was like, I don't want to hang out with this kid. And, uh, so, um, so I'm at the dance and I, I said, he said something to me at the dance, like talking trash. And I was, I was weak. So I told someone else that was tough. I was like, the guy talk trash to me. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and my friend, Josh Whitney, uh, was like, I got this. And he went over and kind of shoved him or whatever. And then basically it escalated to where we're at this middle school dance. And at that time it was on main street across from the post office. Yeah. Yeah. The, the fun Memorial center building. or whatever it was called. Yeah. What was it? Warbly? The Memorial Building. Oh, the Memorial Building. Warbly. I don't even know. The, the Memorial Building. So we, so I call my dad and I, I look outside before this and I'm there's a line of high school age kids that Brandon was friends with. Oh, that kid. I just dropped his name. Oops. That he was, <laughs> that he was friends with. 
And there's a line of them. And I, I'm like, oh, my God. One of them had a whip, like actually had a whip. I'm like, where did you get a whip? And then chains and like steel pipes. Right. Yeah. So we're like, oh, my God, this is oh this God. is middle school, you yeah. know. And it's a different time today because these kids, those kids would go to prison now. Yeah. You know, back then it's hard to say what yeah. would happen. They'll let you scrap a little bit. So I jokingly, my, I call my dad. I was pretty serious. I was worried about it. My dad's laughing about it. And he's like, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to pop the hatchback of the Ford Escort. And when you, I'll drive up to the door, stay inside the doorway, but you'll be able to see me when I drive up and run out and jump in. <laughs> and so we did. And it felt like, uh, it felt like it was the end of like a Fast and the Furious movie or something. You know, we're like, <laughs> dive in and get away you know your dad was awesome oh it was so funny he's just laughing hysterically what you guys is it walt is that your dad's name yeah walt yeah and and so what what kind of do you have any memories when you were in middle school oh man i think uh smoking (laughs) i just think about sneaking cigarettes for my parents and uh you know smoking in somebody's backyard or or smoking under the bridge on the way to football practice or something in like middle that. middle school? Yeah. You're you're an animal, dude. No, I know. I told... Uh, it's funny. I, I think it's a joke now, but like my doctor will ask, have you ever smoked? Yeah. Well, when did you quit? Eighth grade. Oh, man. <laughs> you quit in eighth grade? Yeah. I mean, fourth grade, we would steal cigarettes and like hide them by those... There must have been like some initiative where there's like random exercise things all around. You remember that? Yeah, yeah. It'd be like a bark mulch spot and like random exercise equipment outside that you could do exercise on but it was like everywhere in town right that's weird thinking back to like what what i do now like that would be really cool you're like i'm gonna somebody do, must I'm have worked really hard on I'm that, gonna do that tomorrow yeah monday yeah, yeah, we're yeah gonna... somebody must have worked really hard to get the like, grant money or whatever to fund all that stuff and i was like hiding hiding cigarettes in the bases of the of the jungle gym it's been like messed up yeah just you just want to hit the cord too much all right uh so uh you were talking about the walking around and smoking in yeah. middle school. Yeah. When you have, when you host these dances, so you're there, you, I mean, obviously you coordinate it and then you are there present. Yeah. Yeah. Is there a big issue with vape yet? Oh. Like with, with the jewels or is that more that starts probably ninth, 10th grade? Yeah. It, I think it's, you know, it seems like every dance we find one in somebody's bag a or, vape usually, or a, actually, a jewel. Usually. We actually stopped letting bags come through because you know, we have to search them and there's just so easy to hide stuff in the bag. So, right. So many pockets. And yeah. Whatnot. We, we just had, we just had Jinkos, Jinko jeans <laughs> yeah. and you could hide a human you inside could. of those. Yeah. I did a few times. Yeah. Uh, no, but, uh, <laughs> so the, I haven't seen the facility. Is it a lot bigger than what we, the Memorial building? Yeah. Much bigger. And it's, it's a little bit more, it requires, uh, it's so much different because actually I got to work and work at the middle school dances at the Memorial building and, and got to kind of usher the change in, into Bob Kiefer center. Um, it's a different layout, but there's a lot more room. It's a little bit easier to supervise because you can see everybody all at once. Right. It's more of like a concert hall. Cause I remember yeah. the stairwell. Yeah. Essentially was like, you know, well, I don't know how many flights you'd walked up three yeah. flights or whatnot. That was yeah. always the cool thing. You had to kind of keep going. You had to hide your gum. Yeah. You know, if you're walking you through the tuck, stairs, tuck your gum under your tongue or something. Yeah. Cause then they'd be like, you don't got gum, do you? Spit it you in know? his cup. Yeah. And then uh, they have their flashlights. If you put your hands on your girlfriend's butt, you know, mm-hmm. they're like, put, bring those up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, so, uh, that's gotta be a lot of fun. And, and you have, you have daughters, you have a son as well and yeah. daughters and your daughters are at that age now. Yeah. Right? My daughter's a sixth grader and, um, not into middle school dances at all. She's like the, she's like the most perfect kid you could ask for. she would never break a rule of any kind. And, you know, even if I don't buckle my seatbelt, she's in the back of your 
backseat so yelling kids at in me. The arc. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, a hundred percent. That's good. My son's that way kind of too. He's always been, you know, he, you know, at home, they're both kids, but in the public, they, they're pretty respectful. They're respectful you must be kids. doing something. I mean, at least your wife is doing something right. Yeah. Yeah. She's doing something right. You just eat dinner when it's cooked. Yeah. You know, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, so that's, that's good. Yeah. But so not interested in the dances, huh? No. That not. saves you money on like, you know, rifles. Yeah. Big time. And a lot of stress probably too. Cause you go in the, you know, there's, there's kids that are like full on romance and six grade. Sure. Like, what, what are you doing? You're crying over somebody that you just met. I mean, like. I definitely had my, I peaked in my relationship, uh, profile yeah. in middle school. Yeah. I absolutely. won the King of Hearts in eighth grade. Wow. Yeah. It that's, was a big deal. That's huge. It was a big deal. I'm, I had some, you know, and I was an equal opportunity dater. Like I seriously dated across the board. My current girlfriend, hopefully for the rest of my life, Dana, she and I dated in sixth grade. She says seventh, but she's wrong. And, uh, she was with us too. Yeah. At Hamlin. And, and, but so it's kind of funny that we came full circle, but I had a different girlfriend every couple weeks. Oh yeah. And I mean, if you didn't date me, we're in middle school. Were you really cool? Cause no, cause I literally dated everyone, but like. It's, I don't know if I took it super serious at the same time, you know, I mean, there was no, I, maybe a girl breaks up with me or whatnot. I cry for an hour and then move on and then go, let's play some basketball, (laughs) you know, but, but yeah, to get too invested and it is, it is scary with kids that age to, to see like where they're going to, how they're going to navigate that. And I think they're just like, it's almost like they're just trying out their emotions for the first time. And like, I'm just going to you know, be horribly upset because I want to see what that feels like. Right. <laughs> or, Would you say that, I mean, obviously drugs didn't come into play too much in middle school. Right. You know, I mean, fortunately ninth grade, it was, you know, very Straight heavy up. right away. Yep. Right. When we got into ninth grade at Springfield high, and that's probably what a lot of the depression and all that stuff came from yeah. where there's a lot of issues. I know that there was a lot of people that in, had a pretty terrible experience in middle school, even with our core group in Hamlin. Yeah. And a lot of it stems from, from bullying and from home situations. I'm sure. just like you, your self-esteem is so challenged in middle right. school. I, I remember just, I remember like if I was ever alone during that time, I was like depressed. I can't imagine. Cause I was a class clown type. So yeah, I needed people. I did that same thing too. Like, you know, I was always funny, but it was to cover up for the fact that when I went home at night, I was like horribly sad. You had a pretty rough, not to like, I remember you had a pretty hard home situation too. I mean, it yeah. was, it was good, you know, cause yeah. but you're, I remember your, your stepdad, was sleeping all day and you had to, yeah. cause he worked at night. Yeah, he worked at and, night. I mean, it was just they, a normal Yeah. They experience. did their best, but like, you know, it's, um, yeah. You, and I think also you're really hard on your own situation when sure. you're at that age too. Like I was a dick to you. Like there's no two ways you? about it. Like, Oh yeah, we were friends, but I was like a pompous kid. Oh, yeah. like, I mean, we were really close friends, which is why I liked you. <laughs> uh, I think you brought out that like other side and other side in me that was like, um, I have always kind of been, I talk to my wife all the time. You have like no judgment when it comes to your friends. And I'm like, are you serious? She's like, yeah, you like people who are just assholes. Like, yeah, I do. For some reason, like I, I, and I like being an asshole sometimes, but like, I think a the lot thing, of my friends are really like, yeah. You know, in hindsight, the thing that I've learned the most about reflecting on that time is that I would always treat people that I thought were sta- were going to be there forever. Yeah. I always treated them the worst. Yeah. Unfortunately. That's and that's something I had to learn from. 
and the people that I wanted to be in with, the cool crowd, the people that had really rejected me, yeah. essentially, were the ones that I put so much stock in their their views and their opinions. Absolutely. And that's what I learned to navigate differently. Like, my favorite people are dorks. My favorite people are isolated people that don't care about your opinion of them. Right. Those, are the, those are my favorite kind of people. And you were just always kind. Just no matter what. Just always were sweet. And you would, you would kind of, in middle school, you kind of would allow us to let you be a punching bag yeah. you know what i mean yeah, in a yeah. way so that you're like yeah, yeah. you guys do, do, do. and it was <laughs> i i really value that in yeah. hindsight because you're like well if he's being a jerk he must be like i know that this is a lot we've had a lot of time no, to think about deep. this we're yeah. old people but but i, I really believe that you might have at, at least from the outside it seems like you might have known if this person's being a jerk to me, they must be hurting inside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I have to allow them to just, I'm going to kill them with kindness. Well, because I did the same thing at times too, you know. I, sure. I didn't come out mean to like high school. I was, a, I was a jerk to a lot of people in high I school. I do think, see, I think I was gone at that time. But I do kind of, we would bump elbows every once in a while. We, we lost touch when I moved a little bit. But yeah. I do think I know what you mean because it yeah. changed a lot. And I'm sure that being kind of, I wouldn't say picked on, but just people gave you a no, lot of yeah. crap in, in, in middle school that I remember. And I'm sure that that after a while, you're like, I'm not going to take it anymore. Yeah. Bullshit. You know? <laughs> yeah. Deal with that. You know? And yeah. I mean, I was, I was definitely riddled with anxiety and, and self image issues like every other kid. Yeah. You know, I constantly had to be funny and, and, and that kind of stuff in my mind to kind of mask what the insecurity I had about whatever it was looks or, yeah. I, I mean, I had flaming red hair, <laughs> you know, you yeah. know, but, but, in hindsight, I'm so grateful for those years because I definitely, I definitely create like had a character that people seem to like. And I was, I don't know. I was, it's like, we go through that to like, it's like that, that period of our life is so crucial when you're an adult to be able to look back on and, and learn so much from it. I mean, I peaked. I'm yeah, telling you, that yeah. was when I was the coolest. Like I haven't yeah. been as cool as I was in eighth grade ever again. Yeah. My, <laughs> no, my, but, uh, my, my aunt Darcy's mom, uh, she used to go to Korea to go shopping because she worked for an airline so she could like fly for free and she'd bring me these knockoff starter jackets and I thought it was so cool I remember those I starter like, jackets I had like four of them maybe we should throw a picture of, of what uh, you looked like in middle school up and when yeah, I post this because I have a picture of me and I have a picture of you that we could throw up and we were pretty terrible i mean yeah i had a perm for, for you like did a, have a perm do you remember my georgetown jumpsuit that's like of my course favorite. that's what's in the picture i show that picture all the time to like anytime i'm at a conference or like if i'm leading something i always put that on blast so you know that's when i started and r.i.p to luke luke perry because oh yeah because luke perry was who i had sideburns that i wanted them to grow <laughs> so bad but they grew from the top of my head so I combed down these like locks of hair. Like it was basically like, sometimes you see like the you goth girls, like girls, you know, these little, and of course they curl, you know? So I was, I wanted so bad to look like <clears throat> Luke Perry from Beverly Hills 90210. Gosh. We're dating ourselves cause no one else will date us. No. You know? So, <laughs> yeah. so I wanted to look, <clears throat> my mom watched like this, uh, soap opera and I went home and said, I want, I want my hair to look like that. And it was like a black guy. <laughs> yeah. I and so that's where the thing. perm came from. And it was like. Ridiculous. I did the same thing. My my brother had a Chris <clears throat> Mullen basketball card and we took it to the barber shop and he's like, Can I get my hair to look like this? Which is which my brother has red hair, got a flat top, perfect. Yeah. I brought a pick a Cliff Robinson basketball <laughs> card from the Blazers because he was my favorite player at the time, yeah. Uncle Cliffy. And I'm like, Can I get this? They're like, You want a lineup? 
You know, and I mean, honestly, today the rules have changed. I don't know if that's a little cultural appropriation going on. Even yeah. from a barber's perspective, some kids that are white can pull it off, some can't. Let's just yeah. that's just the way it goes. But the lineups and all that's more common. But at that time, like you're like, can I get a hard part? Like that wasn't gonna happen. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. That's funny. Gosh. So let's get back to what we were talking about. We could reminisce all day you know, all day about our middle school fun and high school craziness. And I think one of these days we'll come back and we will talk more about the high school experience. But the middle school dances are something you're very involved with. And so that's really good. Uh, you know, we've got into the, some of the stories. We've talked about the progress in Springfield, the work in the school district. What kind of big things do you see on the horizon? Like what's coming up? You know, I think I think the biggest thing for a lot of us was um, being in school and being engage like it's easy to be engaged if you had a great teacher like right like if you had somebody who's just just great who really engaged everybody and we all have like those handful of teachers that did that you know like mr stevens was a history teacher that really you know he like would sing in class and stuff and brought a guitar and and a very rigorous teacher Uh, that class was really hard for me but i would go because i knew that he cared that i was there and he would play guitar um so that's one play way we captivate kids and, and get them engaged. The other way that we've, I don't know that we've missed out on it, but we, we always had, we've always kept our core like CTE classes, like our welding, our auto shop. Um, now they have like a, you know, a visual arts lab. Right. Um, they've always, our school district has always really valued that and we've always kept it, but now we're kind of taking that to the next level and giving kids the opportunity to, to actually explore those career fields while they're in high school. And so that's, that's really where I see us going is, is kids knowing what they want, maybe not knowing what they want to do, but, but getting least, to at least get their yeah, feet wet. Yeah. Go to and, work for a day. Right. I mean, I made my kid get a job this year. Can I, you know, can I afford to have a senior in high school? Barely, but Yeah. But I made him get a job because you have to like see what it looks like to work. And our right. kids are pampered. And, th- and that's the difference. When oh, we, yeah. When we were in school, every kid had a job. I mean, well, it's, I it's did for a short time. I worked at Dairy Queen and I had a paper route, even in, yeah. in like middle school, had a paper route. But I worry, you know, and I tell my older steps or younger stepson, because I have two boys, that that uh, you need to get a job now because if you wait until you're 18, 17 or 18, yeah. if you don't have that on your resume, you'll get ignored. So exactly. you need to get a job at 15 when when the peak times and get, and he's like, oh, I don't want to work a lot. I'm like, we'll work two days a week. Like, yeah, it's not about the money. It's about building that resume. So I'm glad that the school district is focusing on things like shop and, and auto and right. jobs that are trades because trade school, obviously college, I don't know the rates and I'm yeah. going to put you on the spot here yeah. of, of, uh, you know, we talked about it in the intro that the graduation rate over the last three years in Springfield has gone up by 10%. And yeah. that's huge. It is huge. Then I wonder what the rate of those students or all the students is that are going on to college. Yeah. I, I don't know that rate either, but I do know that I do know that's not the perfect fit for everybody. No. And, and we, I, all, we all try it on, you know, we all sure. I, I think we were all pushed. Everybody in our generation at least was like pushed to go to college and like, you know, so many of us like went for a couple terms and we're like, this sucks. I'm well, you didn't go right away. Right. You, I did. You I did, did go, go right, right away. away. Um, like for graduation parents, my present, my grandparents handed me this card and said, we're going to, we'll pay for you to go to college for the first two years. And I was like, what? I yeah. like, I have a 1.2 GPA. What are you guys talking about? Do you even know? Right. And so I didn't even like think that I would even try to go to college until and even with that bad GPA, you were able to go, go to Lane, yeah, and take Math Ten and yeah, that kind of exactly. stuff. Probably Started even Math, math right. Ten and and with all. So these if you're like, listening to this and you're a high school <laughs> age kid and you struggle, don't give up. You know, absolutely, because because I mean, 
my my girl my girlfriend my life partner dana she got a ged and she has a master's degree yeah you know so so it's never and college is a great thing but again like we were talking trade school is a wonderful thing my stepson is actually at lane right now older one uh going to school to be an electrician because they have a great apprenticeship program so he's kind of doing college still but he's also it's going to be shorter and he's going to get right down to it and then down the road if he wants to go back to school he can but to have something that's not going anywhere yeah i mean i i mean i work sorry and i work in local government and so you know there um there's some stability in that but i look at all these kids that went to trade school and they make a lot more money than i do and they have the boats and the houses and right. you know the RVs and all that kind of stuff. And they go to the country music festival for a week. And that's, that's not a lifestyle that I can afford. Right. And I, would, I mean, if I would have had that, if I've been pushed a little bit harder, I totally would have been a trade school guy. Right. It just wasn't, wasn't even, well, really, I mean, uh, what you do is, is, is public service. Oh, in absolutely. A sense. I love it. I'm, so, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong there. I'm just saying that, uh, you know, had I been given that opportunity, I would have loved it. And I think it's huge that we are we can now give kids that opportunity so they're not chasing this college dream that they think is right. That's well. And you know, I never want to want to tell some, I hate when people say like, what are you studying? And they're like art. And they're like, what are you going to do with that? And it's like, if you're passionate about something, you're going to succeed at it. Right. Period. Absolutely. You know, and, and that's like with what you do where it's not something that's very lucrative right now, but essentially like next step, you'll get a promotion, then you'll become mayor, then you'll be president. And then you can like get paid by Saudi Arabia to do backdoor deals. Absolutely. No, no, but, but no, but like, it's not, you don't, with something like public service, you're not going to get into it for the money. It's like teaching. You knew as it going into teaching that it's not for the money. It's never going to be rich. Yeah. Which is unfortunate because I think teachers should, should be compensated more. But but. really comparatively pretty rich. You know, you start, you think of it. Sorry, man. The trade-off with, with teachers is that what I, you know, when I, I'm a barber, so I get to meet people from all walks of life. Yeah. And what I notice with teachers, it's not, it's not necessarily that they're financially stable. Like I wouldn't say stable, but like, it's not super lucrative, Right. but the trade-off is that you get to be a piece of this giant community experience. Absolutely. So there's never a, a feeling of like, what am I going to do this weekend? Because there's concerts, there's, there's games, there's so much structure. And like what Willamette Lane has done and kids sports has done to allow for, if schools can't afford to have the sports programs, then they have these inexpensive sports teams. Some of them aren't so inexpensive, like pop Warner, (laughs) you know, or hockey just in general. But so that's the other part of my job that I really love is I run the middle school sports program too, which is a partnership with the school district and Willamette Lane, and I think we took it over oh, eight or nine years ago um, when the school district just couldn't afford to have a middle school sports program anymore, but still saw the value in it. So essentially, it's a it's a partnership that allows us to use all their gyms. They provide the transportation for the kids after school. Um, but really, it's that true essence of kids just want to play and have fun, and we provide that for them. Um, and take out all the barriers. So mom can't be there because she has to work. Dad can't pick you up afterwards. Well, we have a bus that's going to take you to your games. Right. And we're going to run practice right after school so you don't have to get somebody to take you to a practice So you're not smoking cigarettes with Zach under the bridge. Exactly. Exactly. And I I dig into those experiences all the time. Like anytime I'm programming or or thinking about what we're doing, I'm thinking about what I was doing at that age. Right. And those pressures, but now it's amplified so much sure. where I was smoking, you know, a cigarette a day on the way to football practice. I mean, 
kids are smoking other things. Yeah. And well, and that's the problem, you know, with marijuana. It's an yeah. issue because it's an issue. I, yeah, you know, that it is because, because it's legal now. So it's difficult to, I've never lied to kids about the negative aspects of it, but like what you t- have to push them is, is that it's still illegal and that, and you need to learn how to, that's you smoke marijuana at the end right. of the day, not at the beginning of the day. It's not right. your main focus, but you know, you were talking about drawing back on your experiences. You learn from your mistakes. You don't learn 100%. from the things that go right, you know? So, so it's cool. And that a person like you, we need more people like you in, in local government and this kind of stuff because of the <laughs> fact be that mess. you're, well, no, <laughs> I mean, kidding. you need Ron Swanson's too, yeah. you know, but, yeah. but you're, I mean, who, which character on Parks and Recreation are you? Oh, Gary, man. Larry, uh man <laughs> you watch that show i'm sure yeah 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 you know gary larry is the same guy right yeah that's yeah. what that's you <laughs> yeah. that's you that's middle school me a for happy sure. yeah. beautiful family and then yeah. this ofi dude yeah that is totally me <laughs> i think i think that's totally me but i think if you ask me i'm 100 percent aziz on a sorry whatever oh you are definitely funny that's There's me no question. Like, like that's my um I don't know. That's the outward persona that I would like to portray. That's probably more. A hundred percent. I'm Gary. It's <laughs> my wife is like way more attractive than I could ever want to be. It's so, I have like this perfect kids and family and that character is so <laughs> good to me on Parks and Rec because yeah. he is like the most simple person and you kind of people pick on him. I think yeah. that's on point for yeah, what yeah. your character is, for what I remember you being the kid in middle school that we all loved you so much. Oh, that's good. But, but you know, it's just funny. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I want to thank you for coming on. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I think what we want to talk. I want to talk about one more thing before we we get out of here about you're going to be mayor of Springfield. Like, so, I mean, maybe someday. The, the only thing, honestly, that's holding me back is it does. It's not a paid position. I mean, and I wouldn't have the time to give into it with my. It's job. not a paid position at no, all. No, no. Weird, man. And it's horrible to say that you're not going to pay, but you got to have a life and being on the school board. <clears throat> Has really opened my eyes to local politics and and you know the commitment that our local politicians make. You know. Oh, and you wanted to say something, not to interrupt, but you wanted to say something about you had talked to me about this off air about the progress in local government, trying to get outreach to bring oh, yeah. awareness, and then talk about what what positive work Springfield government is doing for diversity outreach. Right. Yeah. So it, it, it's not even like I don't know. I don't think it's my bubble to burst really, but. You know, I did what I can say is that there's I've heard of and seen a lot of people making solid efforts towards um, bringing more diverse people into local government and and sitting on um, boards you know, and boards having more and, voices heard. Yeah, because when when we were in high school at Springfield High, it was five percent Hispanic. Yeah, today it's twenty to twenty five percent. Yeah, huge. Difference. And so it's a huge demographic shift which we've embraced culturally. Yeah, and and I think Springfield is embracing. And the thing that we're on the brink of that, um, you know, I've done a little bit of Latinx outreach out at work. Um, we haven't really caught any traction with it because it's re- it's really hard for white guy just to come in and say, Hey, I want to like run programs for you and trust me all of a sudden. Sure. After every white face you've seen for the last, for your entire life has done something that hasn't, uh, hasn't been positive. But what I will say is that I think the Latinx community here is on the brink of, of doing great things and having their, their culture on uh, front and center as part of our community. And I think that's huge. I think that's big. It's huge. For for sure. all, it's huge for all of us. I mean, um, like you said earlier, like we've, I've always been like so excited to learn about cultures and stuff. And I think it's cause I grew in such, grew up in such a homogenous, 
homogenized area. Like right. everyone I knew was white. I mean, there was maybe two black kids and five white or five in Hispanic our high school kids for sure in our school. And, yeah. and man, that experience for them then must have been so hard because you look at the steps we've made in the last 20 years and Jesus, it's been 20 years since we were in high school. I know, right? But the, the step, the progress that we've made as a city and, you know, as just a civilization in 20 years is huge. So when you look at the experience that those kids must have went through while we were growing up. I can't up, imagine. I can't yeah. imagine. We did I, have some. We had great parents. And, and I mean, my my mom sent me to school with like a stop the OCA rainbow button when I was in third grade right. because my aunts were gay. And, uh, you know, I was a little hippie kid from, from sure. the get-go. And, I mean, my mom was a lesbian. Yeah. So it was like, it was obviously something yeah. that I remember when I first you know, we're talking 93, 94. So I found out in like 92, 90, I think something like that. And I remember I was in middle school at Hamlin yeah. and Jake Carr was make, <laughs> was making fun of her. And I punched him in the face <laughs> and, his li- and he punched me back and he probably got the better hit. But He's like, a big dude. Oh yeah. yeah. But, and I was scared shitless of him cause he was a beast on our football team and so all that. Strong. But he was call- actually, he was calling, he was calling her a dyke or saying he's going to hate that I said this, <laughs> yeah. you know, but you know, I don't blame that on, I, th- I think there was more to it than that. I can't remember what was said so long ago. It doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and the thing is, is that I said things like that oh, yeah. at that time. And I'll be the first to own it because we were, we were, it was so confusing and such a different it thing. It was. And that's about, you know. Just like the off color jokes and like the, you know, all that stuff, like being offensive, you know, as part of being funny was like such a part of our culture for so long. Sure. And so making that that's really switched now. You know, there's things you can't say. Right. And I mean, I was talking not to that our kid. president knows that, but right. Like, right. <laughs> I was talking to a kid. Uh, uh, I'm just going to say it. I was talking to a kid at, at my work and we were joking. He's a senior. He graduated last year from South Eugene high school. So I graduated in 2000 from South Eugene. He graduated 2018. Yeah. So it was a full circle, full cycle of 18 years. And, uh, I was like, when we were in school, like there was a lot of homophobia and a lot of hatred and stuff. I don't, I don't want to say hatred, confusion and, and fear of change. Right. right. And I asked him jokingly, I was like, did you get made fun of for being straight? <laughs> and he said, yes, <laughs> yes. Like dude, in the locker room, there'd be these flamboyant guys. They were my friends, but they would bully me for, for not being bi. And I was like, wow, wow. That's things have really changed. Shift, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, you, you know, I'm like, you know what? I apologized to him and I said, I'm really, I, I, I apologize to you. And he said, for what? And I'm like, well, it's kind of my fault. <laughs> like you have to take it now, yeah. you know, cause of the crap that we would say back in the yeah. day. I mean, even and just some of the words that we would use and, and obviously my I mean, mom just saying stuff like, you know, show up fag. Or, that was you know, a, that was a thing. God, I mean, how long does it take me to get that out of my vocabulary? Or, yeah. And the, or R, that's and the so, R word is another one that I just don't yeah, use, you know, that too, that, or that, that other than Alex Jones, that, I'm sorry, but the Alex Jones on Joe Rogan, when he says, <laughs> okay, I'm basically retarded. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, you know, you just, oh, yeah. it was just, I just died inside. Yeah. But yeah, that word's terrible. And we've worked those out of our vocabulary and, and I don't know, we've, we've made a lot of progress as a society, but really there's have. a lot of steps. We've made steps. We need to, we need to continue to, to work hard at it. Absolutely. So that's good. You had told me about that, that we're terrible representation of this. We're talking about all of our nasty little crap as kids but that's fun. let's get out of here zach it's yeah. been uh it's been really good catching up with you yeah, again you too, i'm gonna i'm gonna open it to have you back as a guest if you've got something that you really think that, that my audience needs to hear great, um great. so 
you know, Zach, thanks a lot. Zach Bissett, uh, remember that name because I'm going to push and push until he becomes the mayor of Springfield. I'm now one of your constituents can, and I can, I can vote for you. Is there anything coming up as far as a seat that you're looking yeah, at? Um, not personally, but, you know, we have a we have a big election coming up here in Springfield. Uh, well, not I guess it's not that big. It's really big for me because it affects my every sure. day. But, um, but there's multiple seats on the school board open right now, and I, I just encourage everybody to vote. Right. You know, I, I don't want to plug a cabinet or a, a person, any individual per- people at this point because... You still want to hear him out. I still want to hear him out. Right. But, uh, what, and I had a, an audience or a listener, Blair Conrad yeah. asked, um, I don't know if you can get into this, but what are your thoughts on the new superintendent? Oh man. Yeah. I forgot we were going to talk about yeah. that. Yeah. So, uh, we, we, you know, extended an offer to hire, uh, to hire Todd out of Crestwell and man, I met with him last night just to kind of, you know, meet up. He wants to, he's doing his, his work before he gets in kind of, learning what people are all about, what our community is about. Um, just a great, just a really, really good man. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And I think that's, um, it's a hard, it's a hard thing to be now is just to be a good man. is a lot of work. Sure. And you know, you guys like you that, you know, you're doing everything you do because you're passionate about it because you care about people um, because you're in touch with our community just to find those solid people that do things for the right reason is really hard sometimes. Right. And so you look at a guy like that and I and shake their hand and, and you, you trust them. And, True. and that's what I feel with this guy. And those are all the, th- I mean, that's, that's me being real on a podcast, you know, in, in the boardroom, we're making decisions based on, you know, all of his data and all these crazy things he's done in his resume. But at the end of the day, when you can look somebody in the eye and trust them and know they're going to walk into your schools and kids are going to be happy to see them. I think, I think that goes a long ways. We'll see how it goes. I mean, that's a yeah. really, that's a really positive thing. That sounds really good. Yeah. And I would say for you, as my, my observation is that, like I said before, we need more people like you in government because you do have that kind of step back approach. Yeah. For, it's a, it's your, your step back before you make action and then make f- swift action. Well, and I you think, know? I think the biggest thing we need is, is people that to are listen. people that are going to sit back and listen and people who are just normal run and mill people. Right. People think that, I'm just, I'm just a normal guy. I can't, I'm not meant to be on a school board or on the city council. Well, that's not true. That's well, exactly the size of Springfield. That's exactly what it's for is for it's normal exa- people. Exactly. To be that's, that's us. Right. It's, that's where people are afraid of government. And it's like, why yeah. don't we become the government? Exactly. Like, we, the people are the government. Absolutely. So, so I completely agree. Cause you know, the minute that you announce that you, I've got a few steps to go and I'm going to announce it right now here first. But, you know, I plan on buying a barbershop. And then once I've been a homeowner and a business owner, I mean, I only work, that, that whatever, down the road. I, I do plan on doing that. And then when you announce you're running for mayor, I'm going to run against your ass. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> so, Sounds great. So, and I will win because right. it's a popularity contest and I still care so much about the things that were in middle school that I have to be better than you. Yeah. Yeah. That's all I care about, Zach. That's good. It's, I'm driven. I'm driven is good. I mean, <laughs> we're both Boston fans. You're a Patriots uh, fan, though. I'm not. Like I, What's all the? I don't even watch. I don't even watch football. Like I, I watch maybe four baseball games yeah. here, and I hope that the Red Sox are playing when I watch. Turn on the TV, 
but so I'm, you're a baseball hat fan. I I am. I you like to wear a baseball hat. The honest truth about why I picked Boston Red Sox is because the new kids in the block like Boston Red Sox, and when my son was little, I knew I had to set a good example and like be a sports parent and and pick a sports team. And so I, that's because Donnie Wahlberg is from Boston. He is. But well, they all, they all are. I listen, know, we're now we're babbling. Five so, boys, so, right? so Zach, is this what happens? And this pod, is what happens. This is how you so, know when to turn it off. Yeah. So we're gonna end it with a song. Okay. Uh, this is a really cool collaborative effort that two guys, Will Brack and Cerebral Cortex, local MCs, have been putting together. Um, they're called the Creative Types, and this uh, this is a song of theirs called Relentless that I thought was really fitting, and it features Reaction, who is one of my last guests. Nice. So next week, I'm dropping crumbs here. So this right. is a song by Creative Types. Next week. Uh, we're hoping if all goes right, we're going to be dropping a song that I was featured on and I haven't made any music in a long time. So it's good. And it's going to be an Irish theme song. So next week, tune in for that one. I'll be interviewing Dustin Keegan, a professional disc golfer. And remember, you can always listen to all of my episodes and look at t-shirts and stickers and all that kind of stuff on strpod.com. Uh, some, some really exciting things coming up. Remember that website is, is newly redesigned. I really encourage people to check it out. So Zach, thanks again for coming and kind of kind of chatting with me. It's it's hopefully we we don't wait so long before we bump elbows again. So I'm gonna end the show. This is Creative Types with Relentless. Yeah. My prime directive is to rhyme impressive, personify the S's, obsessively analyze and driven by vengeance like homicide detectives. High ascension, I'm fly a zeppelin with a mind that's isometric, deliver schemes and precise dimensions and create live connections. Each line is prime selection, an eclectic dialectic that defies perception, electrifying your senses and even surprise the skeptics. Life is hectic, still I try to stay inventive and progressive, knowing I never realize perfection, but I can try my best to devise new methods. Love what I do. So when I'm on the mic, it feels like time suspension. Stretching these lines for tension while simultaneously thoughts racing my mind. Summoning various words with eyes and essence until I've aligned enough ideas to comprise a message that I can refine and freshen. Been through plenty trials and lessons. Plenty times thought it was best if I slide toward the exit, but I never did. Why? Cause I'm relentless. And at the end of the day, these beats and rhymes are my prized possessions. I'd rather lose my vision than my ability to recite these records. Rather be a writer and musician than a corporate guy driving a Lexus. Rather be free from the confines of the daily grind and go my own direction. I switch it up and take a different route, a back road that you don't know about. It winds along and twists around. Yeah, it might take longer to get to town, but when I get to town, I'm a grip the crown. Restaurant tour, I'ma dish it out. And if you ain't there for it, you'd be missing out. I'd be back to my ship to reinvent myself.
wanna be doing. I thought for so short, and we're gone in a moment, and nobody knows what the hell that we're doing. We're all just going through the motions, so live.